Hello and welcome back to another episode of the O Word Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Ledesma, and I'm joined today by a special guest. Johnny Ha. I'm here every time, but I'm glad to hear that Omar thinks I'm special. It's because every time you are special. Thanks, Omar. Greatly appreciate those words. I you, needed that. You look like you needed them. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what else is needed? What's that? Blood. Because today is World Blood Donor Day. So everyone go donate your blood. I've had blood taken, but I don't think I've ever donated. You've never done any blood? Don't you hate needles? I'm not or, a fan of giving any, blood. any... Yeah. I'm not a fan of medicine. What about like... No, no, I'm a fan of medicine, just not the medical field. What about like Vita gummies? The Flintstones? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it, like, I've had blood taken, and the nurses are always super cool about it. It's just something about seeing... Like, that needs to be inside Imagine me. if the nurse wasn't super cool about it. <laughs> like, they're nervous. It's like, oh, God, it's well, a needle. Well, usually, I, would you rather a young nurse or a really old nurse? Old. Me too. I want an old southern nurse. Who some calls about, you honey? Oh, my God. Some of southern ladies that just make you feel so special. Yeah, yeah. I went to the doctor, like, a few weeks ago. Well, probably a few months ago at this point. But, um... The lady was just so nice to me. I was telling her, like, what my future plans were. And she was like, I am just so happy for you. And you just met her. And I I just met her. And I told my, somehow it got to a conversation about how my parents own a gas station. And she said, next time down there, I'll make sure to give it a visit. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he told her, please don't. It's like a long lost auntie. Like, she was yeah. so nice. That That's my favorite thing about the Waffle House experience. They always call you honey and babe. And sweetie. It's so nice. It's the best. Southern hospitality is really one of those things that I think you'll miss the most. I'll miss it. But I mean, Virginia's, they got some mountain mamas. Uh, it's like Southern, but like not really. Like, like you know how like North Carolina is kind of Southern? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Virginia's the cutoff. Yeah. Like halfway through I Virginia. Think, I think there was, I don't know, that was the Missouri line. I was going to say there's some historical line that divided uh slavery state from non-slavery yeah, state. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think Virginia think is southern Missouri. anymore. Um maybe it's like West Virginia. West Virginia, which That's is it. crazy. West Virginia south. Yeah. Explain that Who geography. Did that? Anyway, um yeah. should we Yeah. introduce. So so this week our word is betrayal. B E T R A Y A L. Betrayal. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a good word, but I got to say, I, I struggled so hard spelling this word. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I spelled it right just now. It's it's a tricky word. But yeah, this was definitely my favorite word to explore things. Yeah. And then there were so many things. It, it was so hard to choose that I just picked one. Well, so. just the word betrayal is. Now that I think about the words I'm about to say, maybe not. But like, I was going to say <laughs> betrayal is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good to read about. I think uh, we like the sauce, but we don't like getting it, you know. Exactly. It's nice talking about it when you're not involved in the betrayal in any way. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is always Spanish novellas, which I think influenced my decision on what I picked. But uh, we can start with you. All right. So, let me, I got I to gotta open it up. All right. So, my article is on Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Deesed, exed, exed. She's better known as Elizabeth Bathory or the Blood Countess. 
Have you heard of her? I think so. What do you what do you know of her? She killed Okay. Well, she killed a lot of people. She's called the Blood Countess. Did she bathe in blood? She did. Okay. Legend has it she bathed in blood. She's not related to vampire folklore, is she? Kind. I mean, she. It's it's said that she's like a vampire because she did a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's compared to um, Vladimir, who who is Dracula, the inspiration for Dracula. Exactly. Yeah. I forgot to put that in there, but glad I just mentioned it. Anyway, yeah. So she is known as one of the most prolific serial killers in history. She's actually recorded in the Guinness Book of World Records for it. Uh, she's a pro- she's known as the most prolific female murderer and the most prolific murderer in the Western world. My girl's gonna have your girl beat. But before we get to that, she's a murderer too. Man, it's something about women and betrayal. Am I right? Joan of Arc? No. Oh. What betrayal? Oh, I don't know. Joan of Arc? I don't think that's accurate. Um, no, but I was gonna say we should have done like some trivia nights or something. Cause like we're really good at trivia. Are we? <laughs> I think so. Jeopardy's hard. Okay, Je- Jeopardy's different. I mean, like trivia, like we're having a trivia night at the bar. Like, like, uh, are you like smarter local than fifth grader? Nights. I could do. Are you smarter than fifth grader? Well, anyone could do that. I mean, are you smarter than a sixth grader? That's <laughs> that's pushing it. New idea though. So, um, she was born into Hungarian nobility in 1560, and even from like as a young girl, as a child. Uh, she started having issues. She had a lot of anger issues that ended up in like fits or outbursts of rage. So she like hit those teen outburst years like pretty early on. How early are we talking? Uh, it wasn't explicitly said, but um, well, it was pretty early. Nine and eight were the modern fifteen. You know exactly. Like just back push everything back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's basically uh. A, a teen. Yeah. But, um, By 15, she should have been married with kids. <sighs> Funny that you say that. She was actually married at 15. I'm telling you. Nailed you nailed it. I'll mention more about that in a bit. <laughs> You're <laughs> guessing this whole story. Um, okay, so she also might have had epilepsy. Fun fact. I don't, that didn't really play into anything, but she might have had epilepsy um, growing up and, I guess, throughout your whole life because you don't really get rid of epilepsy. I, I think you can... Or your body will outgrow it, huh? Or <laughs> you'll you have train less yourself? episodes. Can you train yourself just by looking at slowly flashing lights and building or your tolerance? Maybe you don't have as much episodes because you know your triggers. Maybe that That's makes more what sense. It is, yeah. yeah. But I mean, in the 1600s, I doubt they uh, are sure what the epilepsy is. I'm sure it's very. It was witchcraft. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, as a child, she saw her uh, father's officers torture the peasants that lived nearby their parents' house. And she loved it. She apparently so because she uh, followed the family footsteps. That's you don't show your little girl that. <laughs> right. So obviously she uh, didn't have a good start. Um, starting with like anger issues, epilepsy, and now like her dad uh, as a royal man doing bad things. Yeah, torture's never fun. Yeah, apparently she thought it was fun. Um, but another like terrible thing that she saw when she was a child that she saw a thief being sewn into the stomach of a dying horse and the thief was just left there to die. Okay, so they cut up in the horse, put the guy in, and then sewed him closed, and then he just died in the horse? Yeah. 
Was the horse dead? It had to have been. Dead. Yeah, it was a dying horse. Oh, man. At first when I read it, I thought it was like he was sewn to the belly of a horse, like belly to belly. Yeah, that's what I thought. the horse like, was still alive. Yeah, I thought it was like, um, what's it called? Human centipede style or something. Oh, yeah. Or like uh, the twins. What, what do you call them? Joint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twins. Conjoined twins. Conjoined twins, but with a horse. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. But... Nah. So it's like uh, The Revenant. Uh, yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah. Star Wars. When, when he like hid inside that horse to stay warm. But this person was uh, put inside a dead, like, trapped inside a dead horse. Yeah. That I was, think... I'm assuming, wasn't just frozen. It was like rotting. Yeah. That's probably what killed him, right? The disease and stuff. I don't that's know. That's what would have killed me. But I, I think I would have found a way out. I mean, he's got two ways out. I mean, I'm sure the dude was like bound. Oh, also, the horse isn't yeah. just going to poop him out. <laughs> horse he's is dead. dead. After like a week in there, I'm sure the horse got soft enough. He could just push oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stretch. Well, I'm tear. sure he was bound. Either way, pretty terrible even if you don't die. That's that's one of those uh, cruel and unusual punishments that like, you're like, why, why do you think they wrote this into uh, the Constitution? Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, yeah, because someone, selling people and horses. someone did it. Bunch of sickos. Definitely on the show, A Thousand Ways to Die. Mm. Pretty creative. But, um, yeah, so it was a family business doing terrible things. Because um, that's definitely a method of torture. And she was later on known as a torturer and murderer. So, um, even when she got married, her husband was kind of supportive of her and her hobbies as all husbands should be that's exactly. very good you know this was disputed because he possibly didn't know about it but i'm gonna go with the storyline that he helped and encouraged her okay and uh because that's more interesting but like you mentioned earlier she got married at 15 years old to ferenc nadasdi uh another website called him like nadaddy Oh, uh, not not a D. He is Zaddy. <laughs> See him, Ferenc Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ferenc Nadazdi, according to this website, uh, was her husband starting at 15 years old. So, like I said, he possibly taught her new torture methods, but a lot of people are, are saying that he probably didn't know anything about what she did. Um, because he was a soldier, so he was away from home a lot. Mm-hmm. And it is widely known and agreed upon that she did a lot of her crimes and practiced her hobbies. Yeah, um, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do that uh, while the husband's away, because husband probably doesn't like that. I mean, if that was me, I would prefer she did her hobbies when I wasn't around, and then when I was around, me time. You know. Yeah, you know, she has to focus on her husband too. Yeah, you yeah. Focus on your loved ones. That's that's a. I think She's that's thoughtful. a good thing. She's, She's one of those uh, army wives that pick up a hobby like crochet or knitting or torture. Or like yeah, yeah. scrapbooking. She could have picked up sewing, like her dad soldier yeah, did yeah, that yeah. one time. Sewing uh, cows, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like finger painting with blood or something. Yeah, cool. she probably did all of this. Yeah, you know how like people like just walk on paint and like have footprint art. Yeah. You know what? That. I think we might have actually figured it out. The fact that she wanted a hobby where she could do everything, like we named, she's like, "Well, I'll just go to torture." Yeah. Because yeah. that gives me everything I need. All the supplies. For the body horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because his skin's like paper mache. That's going to be my new historian theories. I'm going to add it to my list of theories. Yeah, don't waste anything that's like a, a scavenger. She's a scavenger. Yeah. Resourceful. You know what? I think she's a good guy. She recycles. What? Uh, happy birthday. Oh. 
Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm going to talk a little bit about her torture. So, um, in case you didn't know already, she tortured and killed a lot of people. And her fo- focus was mostly aimed at young girls that were her servants. Hmm. That that was most, if not all, of her victims. Um, mainly probably because they were just easily accessible. Their blood. Oh. Yeah, they got blood too. She wants that immortality. Immortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's trying to take uh, nice baths. Yeah, yeah. No, she's just a nice. She's just trying to live her own life. But um, when she wasn't living her own life and doing her own hobbies, uh, she did use needles. Not to sew. Apparently, to take blood. Ooh. National Blood Day. <laughs> You've guessed some things, but this is not one of oh. them. <laughs> Happy National Blood Day. That's why I actually picked National Blood Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because there were some other holidays today, but that the one that's the one that tied the most. Yeah, today's to Flag Day. Like okay. a literal day people celebrate. Who celebrates Flag Day? People who don't want to go to work. I don't think Flag Day is one of those days. It's not a federal holiday that you get off. Mm. I would know. <laughs> I'm not getting off for Flag Day. Which is today. Yeah. Yeah, we don't record these in advance. Okay, anyway, uh, so uh, she used needles to drive through her servant's lips and fingernails separately. Ooh, fingernails. Mm-hmm. I'd rather lips any day. Dude, have you... These are needles. They're nails. Oh, when you accidentally get, like, paper or something under your nails, and it, like, scrapes through and, like, separates your nail from the skin. She did that, but with, like, needles. nails. Needles, yeah. And, like... Oh my gosh, how far do you think she went? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Okay. She was just care. trying to take some blood, okay? She was There's doing better a good ways deed. to get blood. So uh, she also left one of her victims, you know, one if not more, uh, naked in the snow, and then doused them with water so that they freeze to death. What? Yeah, yeah. So if leaving in the snow isn't bad enough, she like wet them too. Stick me in the horse any day. Ah, uh, oh, no, I take I take snow and ice. You, you would freeze uh, for nails sure. for sure under the skin. No, 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 I don't know about the nails, but I would for sure freeze over a horse. I don't know, dude. Oh, a rotting carcass but all it'll around be me. Warm. That's a nightmare. I, I don't know. I feel like by the third day you'd be like, "Wow, this is like when I was an embryo." No, I'd be throwing up because there's <laughs> rotting maggots all yeah. around me. Um. So, another girl was beaten so badly um, that she... So, she was beaten for hours. Mm. And the only reason she died was because she was stabbed to death by a pair of scissors. Who ruins the fun like that? Yeah, she's... Like, so, it's a beating party and then one guy pulls dude, out Yeah, she's so, dude. She had needles. She had a, That was probably a pair of, like, sewing Oh, those scissors. are her crafting scissors. Yeah. <laughs> crafting Don't, scissors. You're not supposed to stab with your crafting scissors. For sure. But she did. She didn't care, dude. Those are only for cutting fabrics. And apparently, it, the beating was so bad that she had to change her shirt, like, halfway through because it was drenched. Oh, my God. Um, And all this was because the girl stole a pear. A pair. A pair. The fruit. Oh, the fruit. The fruit I thought yeah. like you were say a pair of pants or something. No, no, no. She stole a fruit and like it's messed up. I've definitely I've stolen a few fruits off of trees, but like I wouldn't wouldn't have been beaten like that. Yeah, something tells me it wasn't about the pear. <laughs> <laughs> it's more to it than just the pear. Um, 
Okay, so some of these are also, well, I don't know which of these in particular, but a lot of them are from testimonies from people. Mm-hmm. So her servants or those that were close to her are like um, her accomplices. Okay. And uh, one thing is said that she kept her servants chained up so tight that their hands turned blue and they spurted blood. So this said they spurted blood. I don't know what did the people or the limbs. Either way, both are correct. Pretty bad. The Either people's way. limbs, yeah. Yeah, you know you're right. I usually I think spurt blood, I think mouth, but uh, hands turn Dude, blue. But like, she was handicapping her own servants. You know. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah, like. Can you think about that? I need you to clean the floors. I can't even feel my fingers. Well, it's yeah, you're right because they would do it every night. Yeah. Or she would do it every night. That's crazy. Um, she would also burn her servants with metal sticks and other hot metals. And the worst thing was that she stuck burning iron rods into the women's body parts. Oh, yeah. Say no more. Yeah. I gotcha. You can uh, fill in the blank. Um, she also... Dude, I'm telling you, she sews. It is her <laughs> hobby. She stitched her victim's lips and tongues together, too. Mm, same needle as before, too. Yeah, but this time with thread. Like, she literally sewed. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if she conducted all of these herself. Uh, Well, I know she didn't do it all by herself. Mm. She had accomplices that she had help her. Also, the husband had to have known. Like, if he came home and, like, everyone's lips were sewn and their hands were all blue and bleeding. I don't know. I mean, apparently he was out a lot. Because he was in the army. So, yeah, like, but I mean, even away. if he was home for Christmas. She probably, I mean, she had to have cycled ar- around, like, a lot of servants. Oh, that's you know true. I mean? so, like, High turnover. She, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she probably, like, tortured someone and killed them immediately. Because she did do that with uh, many of them. Okay, well, if the hu- I'm guessing these are, like, slave servants. Oh, yeah, It's dude. not, like, no one's poor saying, people, yeah. If this was, like, out of choice, no one would be, like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take my chance to work with her. She pays well. I've been hearing these stories. I mean, the husband who's buying all these slaves also got to be like, why are they dying so quick? Oh, that's real. He's probably not buying them. He, he's thinking it's a them. plague. They are royalty. Oh, they so, are? Yeah. Oh. Nobility. So basically same thing. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, she also smeared a girl with honey and let her outside to be bitten by ants, wasps, bees, and flies. So I feel Ooh. like that's one that's pretty talked about, I guess. Like you can you see it in movies and stuff like oh, yeah, honey yeah. or like sugar or some sweet thing on people and let the bugs eat them. So it could have been her that coined that. Uh, she forced a girl to cook and eat her own flesh. Oh, that's just mean. Yeah, so like that's just straight up evil. Uh, and it was uh, buttocks. Your butt. I mean, that's the part I would eat for myself, but still, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, if I had to choose a part, I'd choose my butt. It's better than, like, a toe or something, because, like, there's bone, bone in there. Yeah. And nail. Yeah, that no. probably had a nail. A there's not much meat it. to it either, so, like, you got to tear it off. Uh, okay, so she... <laughs> my favorite one is that this is not even a, like, torture. It's just a testimonial. Uh, apparently, she had an ongoing affair with a guy named Ironhead Steve. Um, <laughs> Greatest name ever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just randomly saw that, and he was like, that's great. So, Ironhead Steve uh, was her man. 
side side man. Okay, so I got a few legends. Basically, it's just one that you stated before. Legend has it that she bathed in her victim's blood. And from that is where uh, the rumors that she was a vampire came from. And she did this um, supposedly to keep her skin young so that she could mm-hmm. be beautiful for her husband. Or her side man. Or for Steve. Ironhead Iron Steve. Steve. <laughs> Mr. Steve or He's Mr. A, Ironhead. We don't want no rusty woman. Exactly. So you bathe in blood. I've definitely heard of her, but I gotta admit, I, I think I had her confused with, uh, what's her name? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary is like a she ghoul, was, huh? Huh? Isn't she like a, a demon spirit? No, she's based on oh, uh, no, no. I, the I, Queen of yeah, you're right. Mary, Queen of Scots, I think. Anyway, yeah. she she was Bloody Mary because she killed a lot of so, Catholics. Um, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about uh, movies. Yeah, and then she was replaced by her sister, Queen Elizabeth. Hmm. But that's also, yeah, she's a ghoul or whatever. Yeah, she's, she's also a drink here in South Louisiana, Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never had, but it's just tomato yeah, juice and it's, celery, it's right? alcoholic V8. Yeah. Someone had V8 and spilled vodka into it and said, mmm, no wasting. <laughs> no wastings. <laughs> Uh, okay, so towards the end, on December 13th... Justice was served, right? She died of old age. Oh, God. Uh-huh. All right, go. <laughs> the blood didn't work. Blood baths didn't work. All right, so on December 13th, 1609, or 1610, the date's disputed. It's one okay. of those years. Close enough. Count Georgi Thurzo, or Georgi... G-Y-O-R-G-Y. Guy Orgy. Gorgi. I'm going to call him Gorgi. Georgi. Georgi. He's Hungarian, right? Yeah, you're right. It's Georgi. Uh, he was Elizabeth's husband. Uh, he raided the Schicht Castle. <laughs> it's spelled okay. C-S-E-J-T-E. Schicht Castle in Hungary. Uh, yeah, and he did that on orders of King Matthias. It's an easy one. Uh, this is when uh, he found her in the castle uh, directing a torture session of young girls. Mm. So this is when it's like, hey. I'm in the middle of this. something here. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm in my bath. Sorry. Yeah, knock at the door. I'm here to raid your building. Uh, just a minute. <laughs> Cousin, one second. I got to change my shirt. It's covered in blood. Yeah, so this was actually not the first time that this was known. She was actually known as a torture and murderer in, around the area. Um, but because she was in a royal uh, family and had a royal title, um, she was untouchable. Mm. Because her family were all like high-ranking Yeah, what are you going to do? Fellas. Yeah. So uh, that's why she uh, was able to do what she did and target her servants and peasants. Um, so the reason why Count Georgi Thurzo went to look for her was because she um, targeted some daughters of local nobility. So so she was like, I guess, branching out for her from her usual w- victims, and uh, some of those people end up being daughters of local uh, like other nobility's daughters. Well, that's she's got to have pleasure from that too. Like, no, I I actually kidnapped these people and tortured them because it's easy when you know you. It, you own them, so you yeah. can do that. Like you're, you're grabbing an apple from your pantry. Yeah, after you you've stole done someone it all, else's apple. You want some, yes, exactly. And you didn't get beat. She's a psycho. 
She's crazy. Yeah. But, um, so it's crazy to think that if she would have continued with just her peasants and servants and poor people. would have been fine. Yeah, she probably would have been fine. Because she was born in, like, what, 1560, I think it was? Mm. And, like, by this time, she was about 50 years old, which is pretty old. That's a long-running hobby. You would have right. think she picked up something else by now. Yeah, you know? so by 15, what's that, 35 years, at least 35 years on the job. I've never done anything for more than 10 years. Yeah. And that was school. Yeah, you've you've only been alive not that long, you know? Yeah. So That's um, crazy. Yeah, so she could have got away with it. See, she tortured people longer than we've been alive. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Imagine every day of your life, Johnny, that you've lived. Think about it. Think about it. Okay, now imagine you're torturing someone. <laughs> Fun. Favorite hobby. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> so and torture. Like, Amazing. I go through, uh, through, like, phases in my life. Where I try different hobbies. Okay, cool. Like, why did she never have this feel? I guess she was too into it, you know? Dude, she had them. So it was sewing and then it was cooking. No, I think it... Iron work. It was one of those hobbies that there's so many different ways you could do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Versatile hobby. Yeah, very versatile. I think that's why she she kept it for so long. We should ask her. Maybe it's in the testimonies. Maybe someone said, like, yeah, she did it because she was just good (laughs) at it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, when she was caught in 1609 or 10, um, by Georgi, okay. Yeah. Uh, about a year later in 1611, she was said to be guilty, uh, for 80 counts of murder. Okay. So, uh, testimony suggested that she could have had up to 650 victims. Uh, yeah, so that testimony said that she recorded um, her victims on a list, and it ended up being 650. So even when I checked like the Guinness Book of World Records, it's listed as like 80 to 650, which is <laughs> a, a very broad range. That's the kind of reporting you can trust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they could have counted all of the uh, servants, I guess, she had throughout the years. Yeah, that's sure. true. Yeah, and you can't, but... Like I said earlier, like people around the area knew you can't miss hundreds of servants cycling through a home in 50 years. Yeah. Imagine like uh, one person like, yeah, she had about 82 servants. And it sounds like, no, it was closer to around 650. <laughs> Big difference. Like, even if it was just a number in the middle, even if it's the lowest number, 80, but that's a lot. How about this? Imagine if she kept all 650 happy and fed and everything. She would have been like set. Like, she would have had her own small city. Yeah. That's what she should have done. Ooh, she, maybe she couldn't do that. That's why she killed him. Oh, you think that's what it is? She only no, had 12 it bedrooms. Mercy. It was mercy torture, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, exactly. it's like when you have 650 people in a small house. You got you to gotta kill a couple. It's kind of like Thanos. Yeah, yeah. She wiped out half. Yeah, yeah. mercy. She, oh. she, I saved you. <laughs> Beautiful. She's really a saint. Everyone go give blood in the name of... The Blood Countess. I had a problem with that movie. I'll just vent real quick. If he had the power to cut everything in half, why didn't he just double everything? <laughs> like all the resources, right? <laughs> he could technically do that. Well, I think that... <laughs> that's a good question. I think that would technically... that will, 
wouldn't that just overcrowd the planets? Now you're saying like just no, make double the, the planet. Too? Yeah, the planet would be twice just make as big. Everything twice as big. And yeah, double everything. Well, yeah, or you could have made people twice everything as small. but species. Or yeah, make people half the size. <laughs> so many other options. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh man, we gotta write a letter to someone about this. Dear Marvel man, <laughs> dear Thanos, <laughs> <laughs> why you do this, Thanos? All right. Um, where was I? I'm distracting you. Well, let's count. Ah, okay. So, yeah, after she was, I guess, convicted, there were also, like, conflicting things on this. Some article said she was never given a trial. Mm-hmm. So, she was, after, like, I guess they found her, she was immediately sentenced. So, there was no trial for her, even though there was a trial for her accomplices who were immediately, like, killed. Um, Elizabeth Bathory was confined to the castle that she was found in. Uh, into a room that only had slits for air and food. And uh, she was there for three years until she was found dead in 1614. So after her cousin found her, she died. But this is where the plot twist happens. Yeah, what was the betrayal? (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) So within the last two decades, um, a number of historians, most notably Laszlo Nagy, Camp Laszlo? Laszlo Nag. Uh, they, these historians have defended Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, she's, those are the uh, Thanos apologists. <laughs> so Thanos they, did nothing wrong. They claim that the accusations were all a cunning plan by Thurzo. Georgi. What? It was all planned by Georgi. So, again, these are speculations. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all planned by her cousin to imprison her because she was a political rival. Politics, man. Yeah, politics. So that's where the betrayal comes in. So he convinced all the servants to claim that she tortured them? No. So, like, uh, I'll, I'll explain, like, why people... Okay. S- why these historians think that she was framed instead of her actually doing all these terrible things. Um, but, yeah, this is where the political... Betrayal comes in. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, Thurza immediately imprisoned Elizabeth as soon as he became the Palatine of Hungary. So this made scholars and historians skeptical that it was pre planned. Like, like Star Wars Palpatine? Um, no. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think he got lankly. <laughs> but um, yes, as soon as he came into this position of power that I assumed is equal to if. Equal to, if not more than hers at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the Palatine of Hungary is a pretty big deal than this other nobility of Hungary that uh, the Countess was. But Georgi helped, uh, also helped King Matthias, that like told him to go do it, yeah, uh, to extend his control over powerful Hungarian nobles. So to spread their empire i guess okay so she was a rival that was in his way yeah she was definitely so she was a part of the bathory family which was a very important family mm-hmm. like i mentioned earlier she was born into a noble family so it's yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. and then she married a nobleman yeah, well he was a soldier i don't know if he was exactly noble we'll say he was though maybe he was we'll say he was yeah sure it adds to the story either way she was part of the nobility okay so she was big cheese She's big cheese. And he was a rat. 
<laughs> that's a good, that's yeah, a no, good show. It is, it is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, Gorgi the rat is trying to eat the Bathory cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. So, uh, another point is that Thurzo, or Gorgi, Gorgi Thurzo, was probably after Elizabeth's significant wealth as well. And adding on to like the money part of it, King Matthias and his family owed a lot of money to Elizabeth and the family and her family. Mm. And he was having some issues paying it back too. Convenient. Mm. Yeah. So historians are saying, like, you know, some of these things are a little too convenient. Yeah. Uh, I will admit, like, I hope that this is true, but that also means that one lady was locked up in a jail cell and starved for three years. Yeah. But the alternative would be one woman tortured and killed 650 people. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I think there is some middle ground. Like what I suspect is she was probably a terrible person that was terrible to her servants, probably killed a lot of people too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But being so convenient for them, they probably like exaggerated it. They probably like brought in the torture and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Or or it could also be like Yeah, nothing would have happened. She was a bad person, nothing would have been happened unless they didn't know her all this, you know. Or she wasn't yeah. such a big deal. Yeah, so she could have problem. Yeah, so all this could be true. Yeah. That's both are depressing. Yeah. I mean, there's no good <laughs> there's no good, good way outcome. to spend any of this. Man, our episodes have been so dark recently since we started. It has. Ever it since has. John Cena took that rapper turn, it's been oh, bad. Come on, John. Wait, there's wait, I have I have a few more things. Okay. So, um another reason why this these allega- or these defense these defenses apologies. Offer, <laughs> these apologies are saying this is because she was also a widow. And that made her really susceptible mm-hmm. to rumors of witchcraft, as mm. you mentioned earlier. So you've mentioned a lot of things, yeah. not even on purpose. Quite a genius, Proje. Quite. So, yeah, so she was probably blamed for witchcraft. And a lot of the testimonies that gave us all these interesting stories and terrible things she's done were um, received through torture methods. And... Uh, yeah, through, I'll through, say what you need me to say. Exactly. So through some, uh, through some events, very and, uh, persuasive interrogations. US history has told us that uh, that don't work, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, even even though this is just a theory, like her not doing things, we can't really prove either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's something interesting to think about when you think about the blood countess, because a lot of people have heard of her. And uh, she might not be that bad, or she might be terrible. But for now, like because it can't be proven that she's didn't do all these things, she's known as the uh, as one of the most brutal serial killers of all time. Yeah, and if Guinness says it, it's got to be true. Right. So that's uh, that's all I have on the Blood Countess. Very cool, dude. Very cool. Um, very cool, Kanye. <laughs> very cool, Kanye. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I did another. Uh, bad mama jamma but uh when i was doing my research i came across a lot of women who were betrayers through history i mean you run into your typical like uh benedict arnold's or um 
uh, Brutus and Julius Caesar mm, betrayal. That was, that was the number one on several lists that I perused. The number one for several lists that I perused were uh, Judas Iscariot and Jesus. That was second on the, yeah, the list that so. I saw. But, um, there were also a lot of current, more current ones, like War. war betrayal. Yeah, a lot of spy ones. Yeah. a lot of I noticed there were a lot of spy a ones. A ton of spy ones. Leaking stuff to Russia, mostly. But um, I was really intrigued by these women because they were like, the way they got to their position where they could be these, like, betrayals was crazy. Um, I'll name a couple. There was uh, Marie Hata. Did you come across her? Uh, I don't... Maybe. Okay. Maybe she was, sorry, explain. She it. was, like, this exotic dancer who, uh, like, she got a lot of trust from people because they enjoyed her so much that all these officers and generals kept her around. Uh-huh. But it was... They were convinced that she was leaking information, information, French information to Germany. So, like, the the firing squad in France just killed her because they thought mm-hmm. she was a spy. Uh, but research suggests, like, no. It's because the French people were, French men were incompetent and they needed a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. So they killed her. Um, and then there was, uh, have you heard of Tokyo, Tokyo Rose? Yes. You know what it is? She's um, she talked about Japanese propaganda in English, right? Yes. So, uh, Tokyo Rose was more of a group of women, like right. But there is one predominant one, and she was uh, she was originally from L.A., and then mm-hmm. she moved to J- or she went to Japan to visit family. Then Pearl Harbor happened, and she couldn't fly home, right? So she needed a job, and she ended up working as a radio host. And they had Japanese propaganda all in English. Mm-hmm. So soldiers could listen to it and, like, get their hopes crushed and stuff. Exactly, yeah. But, um, like, it, it was some crazy percentages. It was, like, 89% of Americans uh, admitted to listening to it when they were stationed in Japan or overseas. Mm-hmm. But only, like, 20% felt that it was actual propaganda that was hurting them. Everyone else was kind of like, yeah, it was tongue-in-cheek. And we kind of enjoyed it because it had good music. They what? played American hits, and, like, it was kind of campy, and you could tell, like, sh- a lot of them thought she was on their side. She was reading this propaganda, really? but she was on their side. But, I don't know. Other people were convinced that, no, she was, she portrayed America, so. Right. But that's why she was on the list. I didn't pick any of these. Me neither. Which, I, they're, they're cool know. stories. That, that that was my mini report. But, uh. There are very few betrayals in history that can be credited with the complete and utter destruction of a group of people. This is one of those stories, Shani. That's why I said she probably killed more people. This is the story of La Mane Leche. A woman... Uh, I know Leche means milk. Oh, well, then I said it wrong. Malinchi. Malinchi. We're going to call her, <laughs> her Mally. Yeah, uh, Molly. 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 Well, she gets a new... Okay. She's a woman uh, who has left uh, many Mexicans conflicted uh, with her place in history. Is this woman the embodiment of treachery, perhaps the quintessential victim, or is she a symbolic mother of the of the new Mexican people? So I'm going to share her testimony. I'll let you judge her. She had to do with Spanish people betrayal. She she worked. Yes, a little. This word was really interesting because you can tell how interested we both are. About it, because we both read into many stories about. Because you heard about mine, I heard about yours, and, and like, we just had we heard one. about e- yeah. the ones in between. 
So, uh, La Menel Molly. Molly. (laughs) Molly was born sometime between 1496 and 1501 in the region between the Aztec ruled valley of Mexico and the Maya states of the Yudacan Peninsula. Uh, She had come into the world that existed on the fringes of the political influence exerted by the particular group of Nahuas, uh, known today as the Aztecs. At the time, they called themselves uh, Mexicas, Mm -hmm. which is where we get the word. Yeah, Mexicans. (laughs) New Mexico. Uh, So she was named uh, Manenali after the goddess of grass. because she was born on the day, like the day she was born was the day that they said this is for the goddess of grass. Mm, okay. Um, and then later her name added the name uh, Tenelpao, which means one who speaks with much and wait, one who speaks much and with liveliness. So apparently she was quite the outgoer. Talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. So in her youth, her father, uh, Kakiku of Peinala, died. And her mother remarried another kakakyu, and she bore a son. Do you know what a kakakyu is? Because uh, no. I thought it was Can you a... Can in a sentence? Her father, kakakyu of Panalala, died. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. originally, I thought that was just his name. I was like, oh, that's right. weird. She married another kakakyu. But it comes up again. I'm like, okay. I don't think everyone Chief. in Mexico is named kakakyu. Yeah, it refers to a leader of an indigenous yeah. group of people. Uh, so now she was a stepchild. So now, since she was a stepchild, the girl was sold into slavery uh, to a group of Mayan slavers from Ziclolango. Damn. So people hate on stepchildren. Apparently, since back in the day, huh? I think it's because after they had a son, they were like, we don't need the girl. Yeah, especially when it's not your own. Uh, yes. And especially back in the day. Which, I mean, poor girl, right? Yeah. Sold into slavery at like such a young age. So, uh, she was sold to this area, which is an important commercial area. Bernal Diaz del Castillo, a conquistador under uh, Hernan Cortez, which we'll get to later, claims in some of his writings that the Manali's, uh, the, her family faked her death by telling the townspeople that a recently deceased child of a slave was in fact her. So, they got a dead slave's child. Uh-huh. And or no, Wait, the slave they got a dead died? child from a slave, and they said that's her body. She died. Okay, so they wouldn't know that they sold her into slavery. Oh, that's pretty harsh, dude. Oh, so uh, the slaver sold her to Chantal Mayans, where she learned their language. And after a war between the Mayas of Padohan and the Mexicans of Ziclango, Mali and the other slaves, and they were probably sex slaves. Were given to uh, given as tribute to Tabscoob, the Cacao of Tabasco. So that's where it came up again. Tabasco. Yes, Tabasco, not the hot sauce. Bro. <laughs> I wish the hot sauce. This story would end so much better. Spicier. Uh, this change of ownership forced her to learn several languages, especially the Maya Yusakata of her new owners, as well as the Nahuatl. Also, if it sounds like I'm really good at pronouncing this, it's because I'm just saying whatever flows out. Perfect. Okay, Just cool. commit. I don't know. Uh, so during her time as a slave, she befriended Geronimo de Aguilar. He was a Spanish priest that spent eight years as a slave prisoner, or slave slash prisoner, 
of the Mayas until he was rescued by Hernan Cortez. Uh, and from him, she actually learned some Spanish. So, nice. like, by this point, she knows. So she's trilingual right now? She's quadlingual, I think. Ah. She knows a lot. Yes. I'll say that. Because it's, it's not like she learned a new language. She'll learn a new dialect of that language, you know? That's right. So uh, when she was handed to the Spanish as a present from Tabusque in March of 1519, her ability to speak Spanish as well as her friendship with Geronimo quickly earned her the trust and a special place in the expedition. So from this point, she would be called Malanzin uh, by the indigenous allies that marched with them. So they changed her name and they added the zine, but I'll get to that later. Do you think she's tired of changing her name? Uh, no, because it happens again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when she finally met Hernan Cortez in uh, 1519, she was among the 20 other slave women given by the Charto Mayan of Panchatulan, which is present day Tabasco. So Tabusco, you know how he gave them the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was to seal peace after the Spaniards defeated them in battle. So it was like a peace offering. He gave them 20 slaves. Uh, so after their after being given to the Spaniards, the 20 slave girls were baptized and distributed by Cortes among his Spanish captains. Mali uh, then took the Christian name of Marina. Uh, it is believed she took this name, which means from the sea, because it was the phonetic approximation of her name. It's close enough. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> Easy to remember. Like, uh, what's your name? Malina. Yeah, you're going to be Marina. <laughs> uh, it's like, we're not going to bother learning your actual name. We'll just say something that's close enough. This actually happened to my mom. So her name was Manuela. That's her birth name. Manuela Maria mm-hmm. Castaneda. And when she came to the U.S., they're like, we're going to swap those because Manuela's too hard. So your name is now Maria Manuela <laughs> Castaneda. That's why my parents' names are Tony and Tina. <laughs> Easier to say. It, I mean, it works. I, sometimes I forget, though, because people be like, hey, Manuela, what's up? I'm like. <laughs> bro, you mean Maria? Bro, don't call my mom that. So uh, sometimes they throw her off. I'll be like, hey, Manuela. Like, <laughs> don't, don't call me that. Who said that? How dare you call me by my government <laughs> name? <laughs> uh, so at this time, she was probably in her late teens or early 20s. It isn't clear how she felt about the previous or later captors or if she was seen as slaves by the conquerors. But probably not. Uh, the Spanish sources refer to her with great respect. So Bernal Diaz de Castillo, who I mentioned earlier, constantly referred to her as a great woman. Uh, a great woman, in his Historia Verdad de la Conquistador de Nueva España. The story of the conquistadors of the New Spain. Yeah, it's the true story of the conquerors of New Spain. Oh, that was close. Yeah. Uh, so, and he also commented on her beauty and graciousness. Also, if you look up pictures of her, which are mostly paintings from like <laughs> yeah. later centuries, but she's pretty she, girl. Uh, she's a cutie. She's cute. She's a, she a cute uh, betrayer. She looked like the girl on the raisin boxes. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> the little basket of raisins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the conquerors addressed her as Donna. Uh, Donna? Yeah, Donna. Donna. Oh. Uh, which was a title of respect reserved only for nobility. It's the same as saying lady. Oh, what so, a lady. Yeah, so this was indicating... <gasps> Madonna. Whoa. My lady. Oh, my God. Uh, so this was... This indicated that she was regarded as royalty and not as a slave. 
she would be from this point on she would be addressed as Dona Marina, which is probably what I'll stick to. So as I was saying, like the other twenty girls, she was distributed to the captains. So Cortes signaled her out as a gift for Alnar no Alonso Hernandez Puerto Carro. No Carrero. Uh, who was perhaps the most well-born members of the expedition. I promise, I practiced all of these names <laughs> Better than Car. Yeah, Puerto Carrero. Uh, so soon, Car- however, Puerto <laughs> Carrero was on his way to Spain as Cortes is emissary to Charles V. So Cortes had to keep her by his side. And he also valued her as an interpreter who spoke two native languages, the Mayan and the Nautul. Mm. So, so... Three. The two native languages and Spanish. Two native languages and some Spanish mm. that she only learned when she was captive with the guy. But he'll come up again. So, according... Carrera? Are we talking about Carrera? No, Geronimo, the, the, the priest. priest? Yeah. yeah. So, according to Diaz, uh, she spoke to emissaries from Mosazuma in their native tongue, Natuli, and pointed to Cortes as the chief Spaniard to speak to them, speak for them. So she translated between the chief and uh, Cortes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortes had located and rescued the Spanish priest, no, rescued a Spanish priest who had spent several years in captivity among the Maya people in the Yatucan following a shipwreck. It was none other than Geronimo de Aguilar. So I kind of ruined oh, his man. big reveal. <laughs> you said the um, A? Yeah, so he had learned some Mayan, but he could not speak Nahutili. So Cortes used Marina for translating between Nahil language, which was the common language at the time. Mm-hmm. That's the one she spoke originally. Uh, and the Chantal Mayan language. So she would translate between those two. And then Aguilard could interpret the Mayan into the Spanish. And gotcha. so this worked until Marina learned enough Spanish where she could work as a sole interpreter. So Cortes uh, kept her by his side so much that the Aztec Codex, which are these like artworks and mm-hmm. books, and s- so they always showed her uh, picture alongside of Cortes. Nice. The natives in Taxicala, who formed an alliance with Cortes against Moses Zuma, called her Marina, called both Marina and Cortes by the same name, Malazitin. So remember, her name was originally Malin, yeah. and then they added the Z team. Yeah, they added, well, this, they didn't call her her Christian name. So they kept her original name, Malin. But to address both of them, they added the suffix Zitin, which was the equivalent of sir or lady. So. Y'all. Yeah, he's, (laughs) it was Mr. and Mrs. Malin, which was her name. Gotcha. But that just shows how much respect they had for her, not him. They took her name. Yeah. So. this? This was the natives the na- the, yeah, yeah, yeah. of Taxicala who allied themselves with. Because they allied because she said, like, you really want to fight these guys? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she said, y'all chill. Look at them. So according to surviving records, her ultimate betrayal went as follows. There was no, we didn't pause there. I just paused there. So uh, Marina learned of a plan by the natives uh by the natives that the Chola, which was this other group, was going to cooperate with the Aztecs to destroy the small Spanish army, mm-hmm. destroy a small Spanish army. She alerted Cortes to the danger and even pretended to be cooperating with her native informants 
while Cortes foiled their plot to trap his men. Cortes turned the tables on them and slaughtered many Chalahulans. In this manner, she is often considered as a traitor by many, and her name is not revered by among many locals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really that was her big betrayal because like these people just got wiped out, and he, they probably Cortes could have spared the small army. Do we have any like numbers like how no. small is the small army no. of people? I, I, I'm sure there are numbers because this one guy kept detailed records. Uh-huh. But I just didn't bother looking into it. Yeah. So we'll just say a lot. Yeah. Many. Many. Small, many, large. (laughs) So following the fall of the Tecnochitin in 1521, which was like the capital of the Aztecs. Tenochtitlan? Yeah. Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan, right? I know that one. uh, Donna Marina gave birth to her son, Martin Cortez, in 1522. He's considered among the earliest of the Mezitos, or mixed blood. So, um, which is what most Mexicans are now. That's what Mexicans are. They're mixed bloods between Spaniards and natives. Uh. Um, the father was also Hernan Cortez. I don't know if you could get that. Wait, whose father? Her son, Martin Cortez. The father oh, was oh. Hernan Cortez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Um, so, Marina stayed in a house that Cortez built for her in the town of Cayocan, uh, which was eight miles south of Tecnochitan the Aztec's capital city, while it was being rebuilt as Mexico City. Cortes took Marina to quell a rebellion in Honduras in 1524 to the 26th, 1526, uh, when she was serving again as an interpreter. I guess at this time Hondurans spoke the same languages as the Aztecs. I don't know. Or at least probably similar now. Probably similar, yeah. yeah. So while in the mountain town of Orizaba, in central Mexico, she remarried, or she married for the first time, because I don't think she was ever married to Cortez. Oh. She married Juan. Uh, Wait, so they had a kid out of what back then? Yeah, but it was his kid. Oh. Because he's Cortez. Had a meal, a Spanish hidalgo, which is just a Spanish uh, nobleman. So, uh. You say hidalgo? Hidalgo. Oh. Hidalgo. Hidalgo. That's right. Historians generally lost track of Marina after her journey to Central America. Some contemporary scholars have estimated that she died less than a decade after the conquest of Mexico Chitalan uh, at some point in around 1529. Mm-hmm. But this one historian, Sir Hugh Thomas, uh, he wrote a book called Conquest, and he reports that her probable day was probably 1551. And he deduced this because letters in Spain alluded to her being alive in 1550 and then deceased after 1551. Wow, so, so she's alive for a while. Yeah, yeah. So 50 years as well, huh? Something, something like that? Uh, 50, she was born in, no, 40, because she was born in 15. 1510? Oh, no, no. She was born earlier than that. Hold up. She was born in 1501. Yeah. So, yeah, 50 years. Yeah, you're right. She got picked up uh, in 1515. Okay. Uh, so, hold up, I got lost. So she was living a pretty good life then, because she was just chilling with. Her Considering she was sold into slavery as a little girl, right? Which is, uh, we'll get into this debate at the end, but like, I don't think she's that bad. Yeah. Um, so she was survived by her son Don Martin, uh, who would be raised primarily by the Cortez family, 
uh, his father's family. But she also had a daughter named Donna Maria, who would be raised by uh, her husband and his second wife, Donna Beatrice de Andrada. So she she had two kids. Three? No, two. Don Martin Cortez. Martin Cortez. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Don Martin and like two Donnas, right? Two more Donna children? Mm Mm-mm. She had Don Martin Cortez, Sir Martin Cortez, and then later on she had a daughter, uh, Donna Maria, Uh and she was raised by her her husband and his second wife, who was named Donna Beatrice. Ah, okay. Donna Beatrice was the second wife. Yeah, that was a a stepmom. So uh, a lot of people ask how big her role really was. Being a translator is seemingly just something on a resume, right? Yeah. We can I, su- I literally have that on my resume. We, could, we can suppose that not on her resume was conquer or destroyer of indigenous people, right? Mm, I should probably say that. You know, I have a little bit. Maybe. Uh, Assistance well, to the conqueror of indigenous people. <laughs> we can only piece together how big her role was. Right. Uh, she was apparently more important than just an interpreter. Bernal Diaz de Castillo wrote, "Without the help of Donna Marina, we would have never, we would not have understood the language of New Spain and Mexico." And then another guy named Rodriguez de Oshana, uh, he relates Cortez's assertion that after God, Marina was the main reason for his success. So even Cortez was like, "No, she was. Without her, we would have never got this." See, I wonder if she was actually treated like an important asset or they were just like she's just my favorite slave she's the favorite of the people that i don't really respect or care about i don't know i well so we'll keep going then because it does mention that she did some um what's it called negotiations Uh, uh so the evidence from the indigenous sources is even more interesting both in the commentaries about her role and her prominence in the codex drawings made by uh, made of conquest events. Although to some Marina may have been known as a traitor, she was not viewed as such by all tal- uh, natives, Talakations. Uh, in some depictions, they portrayed her as a larger than life, and sometimes larger than Cortez, in rich clothing, and an alliance is shown between her and them instead of them and the Spaniards. That's crazy. So yeah, it. I guess that makes sense. Like, I'd rather admit that no, my ally was this one girl who was working with Spaniards, and my ally was Spaniards. She was also like the more, I guess, tangible character too, because yeah. she was. They were talking to her, they not like to him. Her, yeah, they spoke like she her. She essentially yeah. represented Hernan Cortez and his crew, which is crazy because I bet you she did not identify with them i don't know i feel like she didn't dude after being sold into slavery at such a young age like part of me was thinks that she's like i'm gonna get them all she wasn't sold directly to him right because she She was was sold into exactly she was sold into like three different types of slavery scenarios but i feel like it sounds like she (laughs) i guess in a way made the best of a situation yeah, that's why I'm not too mad at her. Yeah, and she, I don't know, it, it sounds like she started to, like, be chill with him to be able to do all the things she did, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm trying to find the spot. Okay, 
So they respected and trusted her and portrayed her in light, uh, in this light generations after the Spanish conquest. So even after they'd been conquered and everything, they still saw her as their ally. Mm -hmm. So in the uh, history of Taxicala, which was his book, for example, not only is Cortes rarely portrayed without Marina uh, poised by his side, but she is shown uh, at times just to be on her own. So she's often depicted just by herself, seemingly directing events as an independent authority. If she had not trained, uh, if she had been trained for court life, in, as in Diaz's account, uh, her relationship to Cortes may have followed the familiar pattern of marriage among native elite classes. So it's saying like they probably the Spaniards probably trained her like the proper way to be a good wife or whatever for Diaz. And then the natives saw this like, oh, she's doing that thing where you go marry another tribe. You're the daughter, you marry another tribe. So the tribes work together. It's the same That's thing. Uh, I mean, it says right here, the role of the Nahu wife acquired through an alliance would have been to assist her husband achieve his military and diplomatic objectives. So, so yeah, so basically she... Um, just married to bring the families together they just looked at she was fulfilling her role as a nahui but this was a new tribe and the spaniards were the tribe right so they that just garnered more respect for her so uh today's historians give credit uh give great credit to marina's diplomatic skills with some almost tempted to think of her as the real conqueror of mexico that's in quotes i don't know who said it but some guy some famous historian uh, in fact, old conquistadors on various occasions would remember that one of her greatest skills had uh, had been her ability to convince other Indians of what she herself could clearly see, which was that it was useless in the long run to stand against Spanish metal and Spanish ships. In contrast with earlier parts of Diaz's del uh, Castillo's account, after Marina's diplomacy began assisting Cortes, the Spanish were forced into combat on one more occasion. So, like, after she joined, they only had to f- fight one more big fight, and that was it. It was and pretty it, smooth sailing. That's because of her diplomatic skills and mm-hmm. to, um, I guess, nullify any issues that people had with the conquistadors. Exactly. Which, I mean, well, we'll get into that, too. So, had, uh, Ma- uh, had Don Marina not been part of the conquest of Mexico for her linguistic gift, communication between the Spanish and the indigenous would have been much harder. La uh, Don Marina knew to speak in different registers and tones between certain indigenous tribes and people. For the Nau audiences, she spoke uh, rhetorically, rhetorically, no, rhetorically, yeah. formally and highly handedly. Uh, this shift into formality gave the Nau the impression that she was a noble woman who knew uh, what she was talking about. Uh, so today in Spanish, the word malinchismo or malinchista is used to denounce Mexicans who, have perceived, who are perceived as denying their own cultural heritage by preferring foreign culture expressions. That's a, that's a specific word. Oh my God. Malinchismo. So that's definitely from her name, Malin. Um... But could you just imagine, like, Johnny X 
which are people who pre- <laughs> Vietnamese people who prefer American customs. Bro, that's like that's like the ultimate burn. You know how people say like if you look in the dictionary next to ugly, your picture's there. Yeah, yeah. If you look in the dictionary, her name is literally there for betrayal of your people. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, she made it. She's in the dictionary. I I, I guess today we would call them weddles, which are whiteies, white boys. That's uh, that's for American culture, I guess. Weddle. Uh, but like Mexican people that act like white people. Yeah, yeah, weddles. Oh. Um, so, I mean, that's crazy. I, I've never heard this term, but I guess it's bigger if you've studied Mexican history. Yeah. But we studied American history, so I, I wouldn't know. She's also been compared, like, uh, connected with other folk- folklore. So it's cool that both our ladies are popular. Legends. Legends. Uh, she's been connected to La Llorona. Don't know who that is. Okay. She's a woman who lost kids and she cries or something or she kills oh, kids. She wails. She cries. Yeah. She's the weeping lady. That's mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. There was a movie about her recently called La Llorona, but it was a scary movie. Um, so some historians believe that uh, La Manit- Malinche saved her people uh, from the Aztecs who held a hegemony, hegemony throughout the territory and demanded tribute from its inhabitants. So that's, that's the part where I, I don't feel so bad for her because she saved people mm-hmm. from these Aztecs by like going up to bat for them like no Spaniards don't kill them they're good people uh, some Mexicans also credit her uh, with having brought Christianity to the new world from Europe and for having influenced Cortes to be more humane uh, than he would have been otherwise however it is argued that without her uh, it is argued, however, that without her help, Cortes would have not been successful in conquering the Aztecs as quickly, giving the Aztecs people enough time to adapt to new technology and methods of warfare. From that point of view, she is seen as the one who betrayed the indigenous people by siding with the Spaniards. Recently, a number of feminist Latinas have declared such a categorization as scapegoating. So again, they just... They were looking for someone to blame, and they just picked this other woman. Uh, in Mexico, she's still referred to today as Chingada. Yeah, which I don't curse, but it's basically the F one. Uh, they still call her the F one. So, I mean, it it kind of makes sense, but like she's trained to slavery and like was doing the old slavery things. And she's a child, so it's not like yeah, she chose to betray her people and go and help them she was forced into it and a, a lot and of she ways just happened to be good at it a lot of ways i feel like she did see the writing on the wall like my people don't have it we're fighting with sticks and stuff we don't yeah. have a chance um she's like there's been a recent well i i say recent but there was this one president who commissioned a statue of her and her son mm-hmm. be commissioned to put like in the center of the city and after he finished his term or whatever and the artwork was put up uh, these college students protested it and rioted to have it removed. Calling her a traitor. Yeah, because like this woman ruined, killed all our people, basically. Yeah. But um, I there's mean... been a recent change in it because like she's considered the mother of the modern Mexican. Uh-huh. Because like literally through her bloodline, like we've had th- the modern Mexican, you know, Is the she Spaniard. Also, like, yeah, tied the two Aztecs. together. Yeah, and she welcomed in all this new culture and stuff. She brought it in. 
I think it's a little much to say it's all her fault. Yeah. She is just like the right hand man to Hernan Cortez that helped. Yeah. I guess bring all this to fruition. I don't know. I think it's because if you identify yourself with like, like if we were Native Americans, mm-hmm. we're not, but let's say we were. Yeah, we would hate the Americans who came in, right? Yeah. But I think with the Mexican American. Americans or not Mexican Americans with the Mexican mezitos, uh-huh. you, you can't you can't split the two because I don't know I feel like for me it's like I'm cool with her because I mean that's just the way history played out yeah so I don't know I get it though I mean like to see someone that looks like you and was from where you are from on the other side yeah you know what it's messed up. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't treat her the best either. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool story. Well, it seems like they, she had a pretty nice life alongside Hernan Cortez. Yes, much better life than she had been living. Yeah, so it didn't seem at all that she lived as a slave. If she, anything, the betrayal was of the Mexican indigenous people who just sold her into slavery like that. You know what, you should start that <laughs> movement no more. No, uh, no I think she's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to ask my parents about it when I get home. Like, do you guys know who this is? Like, what's your opinion yeah. on it? What's your take on it? But honestly, I, it's the way it played out and we wouldn't have today's Mexico without her. So mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it's just, she was a scapegoat. She was the scapegoat. She, she was the martyr basically Which, for the new modern if, Mexico. If you focus on the good stuff she did, like she saved people by, like no, please don't kill these people. Yeah, they'll they'll eventually listen to you, or like telling them like you guys got to stop fighting. It's not worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some like I don't want to downplay it, but there's definitely some honor in people who are like no, I'm gonna resist these new conquistadors, conquerors. Yeah, but I mean, I think she played it smart because otherwise they would have been wiped out like Native Americans. Well, so. the way I see it is she was just. A slave that had to do what her owner wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. As slaves do, like you wouldn't call Amer like uh, in the like historical like American slaves traders for working on plantations for white owners. Yeah, it just hap- just so happens that she was really good at what she had to do as a slave. This feels like a better Pocahontas story. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. She's I mean, like a Mulan Pocahontas. You it's know? it's pretty much it's very similar to Pocahontas. Yeah, but like better because I don't know. It just feels better in every way. Because like Pocahontas, I don't think she was ever happy after she ended up moving to England or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this woman feels like she went from nothing to something. Power. Pocahontas was like the daughter of a tribe leader and stuff. Yeah, she she went to a powerful position. Yeah, so almost like. I mean, it's definitely an inspiring story for any of you out there who want to betray America. You could do it. Make your yeah, life in you Russia. Both of our stories today were about powerful, strong, independent women. Yeah. I think we could take more from mine than yours, but yeah. Yeah, well, mine... I mean... Mine was very strong and independent. Yes. She did her own thing. She was a widow, I mean. She was feared. Yeah. Uh, but... I also like that we both mentioning the scapegoating thing. I think that's pretty cool, too. How, like, modern historians are like, I don't think they really did all that much. Yeah. 
and we just blame them because it was easy to just blame them. What's more, I mean, it's like the Equality for Women movement, and it's bleeding into history, too, because like, people start to rethink, like, you know what? Isn't it weird how, like, yeah. all the ladies did all these terrible things? I mean, we mentioned, uh, what was her name? Like, obviously, the dudes did terrible things, too, but there are a lot of women that are used as scapegoats. Yeah, I mentioned Mari Hata, which was the same thing. The French people just used her as a scapegoat and stuff. Mm-hmm. It It's definitely an interesting time to be reading about, like, new studies suggest this. Or to be stuff a historian. Like. Yeah, because, like, correcting all that stuff, it, it's got to be crazy. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a treasure hunt. It's like... You know what? This looks kind of weird. Let's see where this leads. Yeah, I like that. Like an investigator. I think that's been the most interesting part. Because I read a lot of betrayal stories like you did. Uh That's definitely been one of the most interesting when you just skim through it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I kind of know the story. And then it's, but new research suggests. Or new, some historians believe. That's when you're like, ooh, this is a little nugget that Johnny hadn't heard of. Even when it's like, because sometimes it is... um, like little nuggets of information that ha- could have some credibility to it. Mm-hmm. So you hear it's like you automatically think like, you know what? That's not too crazy. Yeah. Especially I and I think part of it is that when you're reading it, you're like, Man, but is that really how it played out? Like you already have some doubt and then when someone else is like, I had the same doubt and this is what I think really happened, then you're like, Okay. And they're not conspiracy theories. That's another thing. <laughs> and they're not conspiracy theories. There's a Facebook group about it. We should start a Facebook group that's like, uh, these women were not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically a, a feminist group. Yeah. Feminist, uh, powerful. We should be feminist women. historians. Femi- that must be a thing. That's got to be a study. If not, it's in this climate, it's going to be a thing. Soon. If not, I'm going to get my master's in women's feminist historian. And like read about cool his historical figures yeah like uh blood countess the countess of blood and yes. uh like joan of arc who i don't think betrayed Donna anyone <laughs> did she joan of arc no she didn't she was just like uh french soldier she and said she, that she god told to her man god told her to do something i don't think she ever pretended to be a man well they didn't let men fight but they let her. Or, uh, women fight. Yeah, they let her though, because God told her. Didn't no, but didn't she like pretend for a bit? Uh-uh. I don't think she. We're gonna have to do an episode, but or we can read up after this podcast. But I'm yeah. pretty sure she went to the French king like God told me that you need to do this, mm-hmm. and then they did it and they won. And then she was like, "Well, I'm a warrior of God," and they're like, "Okay, we'll send her to the front lines." And mm-hmm. then she was immediately captured, and then burned alive by the British. Yeah, at the stake. Yeah, so I think I don't think she ever disguised as a man. Really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Or maybe she dressed as a man, but that's just what they wore on the battlefield. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm definitely just thinking Mulan now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's another episode. Uh, I, this is probably my favorite episode. That was a good episode. I, I like good. that we I both like knew it. it. Yeah, and uh, we both had pretty good stories and knew about our own stories. It was 90% the word. It Betrayal. was. Betrayal is a good one. I mean, the last two weeks have been fork and tree. So, betrayal <laughs> was a godsend. Has a little more substance to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that was uh, our episode on the word betrayal. Yeah. B-E-T-R-A-Y-A-L. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.